Okay. Scott, what about Callum Wilson? First match down, 8-6-8-2. You own him, you're not bailing. Should have had go- should have had goal. <laughs> he should have had goal easily. Should have finished Rico pass for goal. Welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Ryan Shusko. Gentlemen. What? Back. Oh. We are through the first, what I refer to as the first segment of the season. Four weeks. Four game weeks down. We're now heading into our first international break. The first boring weekend of the new season. Oh, no one's more annoyed than Brother Matt. That's exactly right. He has made that very clear on yep. Slack. Slack sponsor us. Uh, but, but it gives us a chance to record this a little bit later in the week. Gives you a little bit more chance to listen. And let's just say right up front, we've talked a lot about the first half wild card as a chip. Right. And we know many people in our own mini league have played their first half wild card already. Yes. Several at least. Yes. Um, it's something that we haven't shied away from saying you could play early in the season. I dare say, though, that if you're sitting there right now thinking, man, I really want to play that wild card. Yeah. If you're sitting there now listening to this, wait until the international break is over. Wrong. And the injuries come in. Wrong. You don't agree. We'll get there. Okay. We'll, we'll get there. We can do it. We can lightly discuss it now. No, let's tease it I don't later. necessarily no, 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 no. Let's tease disagree, it later. but I do disagree a little bit as okay. usual. Well, sure. then our, our fans will have to wait to hear. I'm going to present a good case. All right, and I'm going to uh, intelligently shoot it down. I love it. Okay. And I'll be on the toilet (laughs) while you guys talk about that. Brian, tell us what we're about to do. We are and should be on to the matches to review game week four. On to the matches. And to do that, we're going to do something we have never done before. We're going to lead with Watford. One of three clubs to earn a maximum 12 out of 12 points to start the season. Come on, you Hornets! Watford, two. Spurs, one. Hornets. All the goals Bzzz. coming from the Hornets. <laughs> Dini and Cathcart into the right net. Decore into the wrong one. Cholabas! Don't buy Watford, we said. Yep. There's Brian. no way There's no way you should buy anyone except maybe Will Hughes, I said. Can I ask boy, a question? Boy, hey, oh boy. Oh. No, 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 no. Before you finish that sentence. That's the end of it. Boy, I just oh boy, ha- I just have one question for the two of you. Huh. Yeah. Is Watford going to start sucking immediately, or will they wait a couple more weeks before they start to suck? I don't think they're going to not do well uh, for a couple weeks. Let's, let's so they're going to suck in a couple of weeks. Listen, you have been a Watford hater for a long time, okay? Let's just make that completely clear. What part of my you question was unclear stop? about that? You have... Watford baggage because they fired, they sacked your favorite all-time manager, Kike Sanchez Flores. Thank you. There's nothing wrong with him. My point being is this. You have Watford baggage, and I don't think you're able to look at this in a... In the proper way. Okay. Look, I said this. Brian, I'll hang up Brian and listen. Brian already alluded to it. I said, I said last week, and, and I'm already, I am already got ch- this chalked up in my notes. I was wrong, okay? I thought 
that this upcoming I we said hold on adding the Watford players if you can because of the, their upcoming schedule is difficult, right? What they showed to me with Spurs coming mm-hmm. was they have some guys who look like they might be sort of matchup proof. Mm. Um and Come on. no Scott, listen. All right, sorry, I'm not listening. I'm not. I'm not talking. Sorry. Look, look, Holobos. One of one of the biggest knocks about him wasn't talent. It was he's a hothead. Can you know he's the guy who's collecting yellow cards, getting red cards. Okay, he is someone who has had issues. Man, he's been playing really clean. He served both Watford goals. Came off set pieces, set up by his perfect free kicks. Okay. This is not something that's new. Look, Scott, he Holobos has done it in different ways, but has scored double digits in three out of four weeks. Not quite. He had a nine in one of those weeks. But but your point is it's valid. 13, and, 2, 9, and 10. Great, well, great scores. And something that, to Dave's point, he did finish sixth last season in total crosses. He put in 210 crosses in 28 appearances last season. So... That's he's in the top. I'd say that's really good. I was uh, and just a quick note about crosses, just just to put it into perspective. Like he's he's in the top again so far this season. The top three. I mean to say like it does. I feel like it does correlate to points. De Bruyne, Gross, Erickson. That was your one, two, and three of crosses. crosses last season. Now you can go down through the list. Like Mark Albrighton was fourth. He had moments last season, but not many. Right. Uh, uh, Goodmanson at Burnley was in the top. Was was fifth. So he also had moments, especially at the end of the at the end of the season last season. But I guess the point is, like, he's getting forward. He is taking corners, and he's putting he's putting the ball into the box. Yeah. And players are and players are scoring those kicks. Scott Watford yep. and and their results. Mm-hmm. They're playing home next week. To United. Okay. Does anything about that frighten you about the way Watford's been playing and the way United has been playing? Um, Probably not. I mean, at least you're on the fence. The fact that you hesitated is my answer. So then they're at Fulham the next week. Mm-hmm. That doesn't. And I mean, if three, Watford's three. playing the same three, way, three. Yeah, right? Three, three. And then look, Arsenal has they've been a sieve in the back defensively. Yeah. So see Cardiff that yeah, exactly. Hey, if you want to score goals, come play Arsenal Cardiff. It took three games, four games, but they finally scored and it took them playing Arsenal. Mm-hmm. My point being is what looked like maybe starting with Tottenham, a tough, tougher matchups. Hey, their schedule isn't the way they're playing is not bad. Scott, they were a little reminiscent of a team from don't a few years even, ago. Don't you dare. Which team is that? Dave? They start, Listen, Leicester's start that season is eerily similar to Watford's start this season. Okay, I'm not saying that Watford's going to be Leicester. You cannot deny, though, that the starts to the seasons are similar. Period. All I can say is we were not wrong to correct something you said earlier. We're just taking a little longer to be right. <laughs> okay. I'm going to plant my no, flag. I'm going to plant my flag right there. I think Watford. I was wrong. I think I think Watford, if we did a stutter dud on Watford right now. Would you change your answer on Pereira? What did I say before? You guys were firmly duds. I was hesitant yeah, to say dud. Because I, yeah, no, I, I'll, be, I'll say I was wrong. I think I was wrong. I'm just not right yet. 
Well, um, and that's fair. And I obviously could be completely wrong. I think four weeks from now, if, if we go back and listen to this at the, and we analyze this going into the next international break, mm-hmm. Watford is going to be, I think, still at the top of the table. Near the top. In the top five or six. Really? Well, yes. Wait, 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 wait. Where are they going to be after the second international break? I think they'll still be in the top five in the table. Okay. All right. Like, I mean, I, that's I don't... Not a, that's not a crazy statement like I thought. At first, I thought you were, you were saying that they were going to be first. No, no, no. I'm not saying top that. Top five, that might be but true. I'm On not, the way down. I'm not saying but that, top but five. I'm not saying that, that... Like, what gives you... Look, so, so they have a new manager, and they're all playing great. New-ish. New-ish manager. Fair. I'm just saying that this has shades of a couple years ago, and they got guys that are, that are playing well. Yeah. I mean, everyone always looks good when your team is winning. That same season, we discussed this and talked about, okay, and I was one of them. I was the king. Lester is going to the, – the, the rug's going to get pulled out. I said it all season, and I just – I got kicked yeah. in the face Who's that all guy? Who's that guy you picked so a wrong. fight with on Twitter? <laughs> He probably doesn't listen to us anymore. <laughs> no, I don't think he ever listened. What the at what the fox on Twitter? What the fox? That's right. Hey, I got a stat of the day for you guys. Is and it about Watford? It's about Tottenham. Hey, Tottenham right? did play in this match, didn't they? They did. Are you still wanting to talk about Watford, Brian? No, I just that. I mean, the all the money is going to the top fifteen players transferred in. If Dini's fifteenth, Holobos and Pereira are both in the top ten. Holobos is one of the top five transfers in. For the for the week, I mean, everybody's going after the, everyone's going after the points. They're going after those players, and I think part of it too is, as Holobos is still less than five. Yes, as much as he's less than five, I mean, he represents a a, a great purchase comparative to a lot of people who are over five dollars. So you're you're watching those points roll in. It's just kind of the same thing that anyone without Marcus Alonso is doing. You're watching all those points roll in. Trying to figure out what the best way is to get those guys into your team. I'm going to address something later in the podcast. Reacting versus overreacting. Sure. Hmm. Because we, we've addressed, you had a Scott shot on overreacting last week. That's right. And I, not that it's going to be counter to that, but it's, in my opinion, in my own version, it's going to be a, a little bit of a, re- a reaction. Overreaction versus reaction. Yeah. When is it valid? When is it not valid? especially when it comes to money and using a team value. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the season, when everyone's got the same six or seven guys and everyone's trying to find the differentials and, the, the, and really going to be paying to our podcast differentials column, you should be now, but it'll even be more valid closer to the end of the season when everyone's got the same guys. What's going to set you apart? And if you have a little bit more money in your team value that you made in the early, the, early in the season – and that you can now use that value in the end of the season to get maybe one more guy that, that another guy in your league cannot get because you invested properly in the beginning of the season, I think you're going to be happy with yourself. With all that said, let me give out some score lines here. Holobos, I totally get. 13-2, are, are his scores so far. That That's consistent. That makes sense. Uh, the next highest score is Roberto Pereira. 16-2, 8-2. Mm-hmm. Don't love that. Uh, I mean, there, there's reason to pause there. Uh, Troy Deeney, 2-12-2-7. Daryl Yanmott, 7-1-7-2. Will Hughes, 3-8-2-2. Two, two. 
I mean, these are all score lines of guys who've got great overall points. Even Craig Cathcart, 6-2-2-11. They have won every single one of these matches, and yet, I mean, I listed three defenders. And I, other than Holobos, I haven't gotten more than two good scores out of four matches for any Watford player. There is reason to pause here and to not chase after this. Plus, let's bring in the last three years, at least, if you want to go further back, there might be more, of Watford history. These are the most streaky of streaky players in the league. Dini, Decore, Kapu, Pereira. These are all extremely streaky guys. So this is coming to an end. It's going to crash very, very soon, whether it be in September, October. You know, I'd say either one at this point. We're not wrong yet. We're just also not quite right yet. The one you, because I'm not necessarily on that train yet. I'm I'm a little bit more of a Watford believer, which is probably bad for Watford because well, as usually, a competitor, usually I will be wrong. As a competitor, and this is this is totally inappropriate what I'm about to say to you, Dave. I love it. As a, as a competitor against you in our mini league, <laughs> buy all the Watford players you can. <laughs> Fair please, enough. please. I, I own two. All right, um, great. Can't wait to pass you <laughs> the table. The one thing about Watford that I think is, is a little bit, it's very positive for them, and I think it's uh, a bit surprising considering... I guess what you typically think of them is that right now they're third in shots against. So shots allowed against they're third behind Manchester city and Liverpool. So they've only allowed 34 shots uh, for the season so far. Really good for them. They've only allowed eight shots on target. So are they tightened up defensively to the point that you say, this is going to continue, and they are going to stay inside the top five in that category going forward. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's already much better than I think anyone would have would have predicted, considering the way that they kind of where they were uh, last season in this same arena, which was mid table. You know, there it wasn't terrible. It's not right. the it's not the worst, but they were you know they were they were solidly in the you know right in the center. Just after Burnley, in shots on target allowed right. for the for the total season. So, thought I mean Burnley think is was very good most of the most of the season last season. See, either way, what I'm saying is, looking at it, looking at that as a stat defensively, you think that's way way better than where they were last season for sure. Can it keep up? I mean, at, at this point, like, you know, something else we could talk about, too, at some point is the number of clean sheets that we have not seen so far. Period. Uh, this <laughs> overall for the season, which I have numbers on that. We can talk about that at some point. But, uh, like, I, I don't think you're necessarily predicting clean sheets from, well, I don't know of anyone. I don't think you're predicting them from anyone. I wouldn't want to count on them at this point. But I do think it's good in their favor for sure. Buying Holobos is not the stupidest thing in terms of what they're actually doing statistically right now. Do you have anything else? No, but Tottenham did play in this match too. The only player to score any points of consequence in this particular match, Lucas Mora, which probably surprised him many, but he continues his hot streak 7-15-5 in his last three matches. Yep. Uh, Tottenham really played, uh, I think they only played the first half. They, they were alive and created almost every significant, despite the fact that they got their goal in the second half. Uh, and then... I don't know. What did they do? Set it in cruise control. Thought it was all right. Maybe. Uh, maybe they. Maybe they shifted down. They definitely weren't defending set pieces. 
Scott's set of the day maybe indicates why that happened. You ready for Scott's set of the day? Bring it, sure am. And now it's time for Scott's stat of the day. The number for Scott's stat of the day is number 48. 48. 48 being uh, the amount of passes that uh, Will Hughes uh, didn't complete. 48 was the number of exactly the same colored articles of clothing that Mauricio Pochettino was wearing. Interesting. Great guess. Mm. I'd take the over on that. Uh, No, 48 was the number of matches Tottenham had won in a row when they had the lead at some point during the match until this match. Wow. It should have been number 49. If the streak had continued, it would have been. But Watford came back to win this match. Maybe that's why Tottenham put it in cruise control. They're used to winning when they go ahead. Wow. All right, so listen. Let's dive on this quickly because we need to move on to the next match. I personally have sold Christian Eriksen. I told you to do that a long time ago. Understood. I was trying to figure out if I was reacting or overreacting. Sure. Right? I wish I would have reacted sooner, Mm -hmm. but I didn't. I will say this for Lucas Mora. I was kind of holding and being patient Mm-hmm. And I, after this past weekend, and he got it again, I was consistently, and I've looked at this more than ever before, mm-hmm. is transfers in. Okay. I have been on transfers in so much, especially with my wild card being available. I was trying to figure out if I, if I was going to do it, use it or not. Did um, you? Luke, I have. I've activated it right now. It's current. Okay. And I, and I did it. In fact, I did it all Sunday night because prices were changing Sunday night okay. on three of the four players that I was bringing in. And I already brought, I'd already brought in two, so technically I brought in six. So four of the six, their value was going up. Sure. I was also concerned that multiple of those guys that had their value going down. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. So my other thought process was this, and this is why I was going to say earlier, using the wild card now. Even if someone gets hurt over the international break, my wild card's still active. I can just make adjustments and get that person out all the way up until game time. And you were able to take advantage of the money. And I was able to take advantage of the money on the price increase on three different players. Lucas Moore was one of them. I, listen, this pod is, we, we have said this for a long time. We love guys playing out of position forward. We don't mm-hmm. like midfielders playing defense, but we love defenders playing midfield and midfielders playing striker. Mm-hmm. Lucas Mora has been playing so far forward. Yeah. Every game he seems to look more comfortable and he's Is that got why a- Kane is not as good as we thought? Actually, he's not he's not been terrible. A 7 and a 10 during yeah. game weeks 2 well, and 3. I mean, even in this match, you know, Mora's making Eight touches inside the 18-yard box. Kane finishes with seven touches inside the 18-yard box. And that's exactly what we talked about last week. I mean, that is that is the benefit of out-of-position Lucas Mora playing as strike partner with Kane. Where he's actually getting the ball is at about the same area as Kane, just a little bit more central. Lucas a little bit more on the you know what would be the right side. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not a bad purchase. I think, you know, just the, the only thing remains is... What exactly does it look like with Sun back? Does Sun impact this at all? As long as Moore is playing like this, he's in the lineup. But but Sun is, I guess the the like then the only other casualty could be it's it's either managing his minutes late and letting Sun work his way slowly back in to get him just to get him reacclimated, or Delhi or Delhi moves right, but. I mean, Sun is the Sun is the guy. That's the thing. So it's the at some point, you know, you assume that he would get back to the place that he was before. This is not, I don't think, Lucas Mora taking Sun's spot. 
It might uh, be in Brian the, in the attack. No, it it might be. I mean, he was brought in in the winter last year, right? In January. Well, but Sun just signed the. I mean, this is Sun who just signed a new contract. This sure. is this is Hyun Ming Sun who is who no, is, no. is Sun is, 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 is great. Is, is a is going to be a it could be a club legend here. No, no, sure, and I'm not saying. I'm not really? going against that. I just think, I mean, just as far as his smile and handshake, <laughs> well, sure. he's already, yeah. he's already no, I'm a with you on that. No, what I'm saying is... That that I'm not diminishing Sun by saying Lucas keeps his spot. I'm saying sure. that Mora is in form, and you're going to ride that as long as he's in form. Right. I you're just, not going to sub Mora out unless he has scored a goal, the outcome is not in doubt, and you want to give Sun those minutes you referred to. I just think I just think Pochettino is, A, loyal to his... right. To his key guys, and B is not afraid to tinker with his lineup, which he's already done multiple times to start this season. As a criticism, I mean, he's receiving that now as a criticism of why are you why are you messing with this? You right. keep changing, you're changing formations, you're changing what you were doing before. Why can't you just play the guys that you know are going to do this? So I I I I agree. I mean, absolutely, it is it is more a spot to lose right now and the way he's playing i yeah i see the same thing it would be difficult to take him out i just think he's it's just i just see it as a bigger risk i think it's valid for all of the talk about how tottenham didn't bring anybody in over the summer they seem to have more guys than we can keep track of when it comes to fantasy Mm -hmm. chelsea two bournemouth nil the goals from pedro off the bench and eden hazard riding his hot form Oh, man. I tell you what, nothing, nothing, nothing will get a fantasy player doubting himself, having having a, a player on the hot seat, getting ready to transfer him out, because why? Surprise! Oh, man. Pedro's not starting, and William is. And, Brian, that was something that you've alluded to a ton, is, hey, that's like before, I, even last week, I believe, I said, look, I think Pedro is going to start. Why wouldn't he? There was an article. Someone wrote a very fantastic article on Pedro's positioning and why he will mm-hmm. be playing. And then all of a sudden, boom, here we go. He's on the bench. William isn't. Thankfully, I mean, seriously, I've never been so like, oh, crap. Like, literally, what am I going to do? I'm coming up with exit plans on, look, if, he, if this is going to be the case, then I, I don't want him, right? I just transferred him in, I, yeah. and then he shows up on the bench. Amazing! I, I, you're I mean, probably thinking, "Oh, I'm in meltdown mode." I'm in total say, meltdown. He, no one has gone. No one's owners have gone faster from wanting to curse his name to write a song about him. By the from, that's exactly right. I did. I started I mean, singing really. his name in the room. I started <laughs> screaming, "Pedro, Pedro, Pedro!" Yeah. Like, uh, I, and now and then I'm like, so. I, I, I mean, now I completely flip-flopped. Now I'm back on the, well, I got him. And he comes in and scores. Nine, eight, three, and six. I mean, yeah. why? if you have him, why sell him at this well, point? Well, you don't. Uh, and the fact that he came in off the bench, I mean, I know you're going into international break, but sometimes that means that he's almost guaranteed to start the next match, right, well, with the rotation? So Who the, knows? The thing that Dave was talking about was just it's a video that uh, – if I remember right, I think the user's name was Newman N O U M A N on YouTube. Yeah. It's just a, I mean, it's it's a, any. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of videos out there like that. But it was just a nice breakdown the guy did of just exactly what it is that Pedro brings compared to William, and and making the argument that Pedro is the one who fits the system that Sari is implementing here better because he's more inclined to make runs in behind the defense. William is more of a drop deep and take players on, run at them and take them on the same way that Hazard does on the other side. So Pedro seems a, a better fit 
given the attacking style of the players that he has starting up front. So, but the, like Mauricio, sorry, said after the match, I'm I'm lucky. I have two guys that are that are very good. I can play either of them. So, I I mean Hazard's not going to swap out for one of no. those guys. Nope. It's going to be those two probably doing this occasionally. I would guess. Uh, the only way it could change is if something happens with Alvaro Morata, and they put Hazard as, an, as a false nine, right. which I don't think is going to happen. It's more likely Giroud takes Morata's yeah. spot. And, and honestly, that should happen sooner rather than later, in my opinion. You're looking at the overall scores right now, though. Pedro's got 26 points in fantasy. William has 12. Yeah. So Pedro's the guy. And also, you know, he's about a pound cheaper. Well, and as the BBC reminded us, so however you want to take this, so uh, three goals in these first four matches for Pedro. That's after he had scored just two goals in his previous 23 matches. Yeah. So do you credit Sari for yep. this? The, the resurgent career of Pedro here and his new his newfound Chelsea blue shirt? Yep. I, I envision Sari sitting in the training room, watching the videos, looking at the whiteboard, you know, drawing it up with ten or uh, with nine guys, drawing it up with nine guys in the box as he is slo- smoking a cigarette very slowly. Mm. That's what I envision it in my mind. Dave, uh, okay, so I have two things to say about Chelsea here. Marcus Alonso, far and away, the player to own at this point. Forty-four total points through four matches. Outstanding. Yeah, absolutely outstanding. Got to got to own him at this point. Well, and to Dave's, to, so this is my reaction time. Reaction, overreaction time. Easily could have been called an overreaction to rushing to get Marcus Alonso after match one. Yep. I think, considering he only played Huddersfield, only got his return as an assist on a on a real touchy penalty call. Right. So he got the assist on someone else's P- right. penalty. Huddersfield, I mean, yet another match where, you know, I feel like they were extremely lucky to get, you know, to get a clean sheet even in that match. Mm-hmm. Uh, but looking back now, I mean, the the right move was react instantly. Get him in as fast as possible. Right. Hindsight, twenty twenty. That's right. Whatever the saying and how it goes. My second question about Chelsea is aimed toward Dave. Yeah. Dave, Eden Hazard. Four, four, yeah. eight, and eleven. Yeah. Now he started the season at ten and a half pounds. Yep. Which is two and a half pounds cheaper than Mo Salah. That's right. Started the season. Yep. Hazard and Salah have the identical number of fantasy points overall right now. Twenty-seven yep. points. Oh yeah. I know that you don't love that for Salah. Are you okay with that for Hazard? I own him. Why is it okay? Is it just the two and a half pounds? Sure. Why not? Twenty-seven points is. Listen. Salah is a great player. I've said that all season. But what I'm saying, for him to warrant the price, in my opinion, especially he when he's getting outscored sort of significantly by his own teammate, I, if Salah was 10.5, if Salah and Hazard were the same price, man, that's a massive dilemma, right? Like, I don't know who to own. I probably would lean Salah, okay? But I, do, I wouldn't feel great about it. But they're not the same price. So Hazard, to me, is way more ownable going forward 
just mainly because of price. Because I can spread right now. Look, if you there is five defenders. I don't remember a time last year where if you just spent your money in defense, man, like you're gonna have a competitive team. Yeah. And and I so, dare say that that time's right now. And and and, and here's the thing I want to bring up, yes. right? With the scoring defenders, your money goes farther with points. Yeah. Okay. They just do. The the I mean Robertson. Alonzo's at a at a six point six point eight. Robertson's at a six point two. Has he gone up to six point two yet? Not yet. I don't He's think at that's 6.1. true. Sorry, I'm looking at my team. I owned him when he was a six Robertson is a six point one. What I'm saying is, so these guys are cranking out scores that are on par or higher than midfielders that cost a lot more. So what I'm saying is, you spend your money in defense, you're getting a much higher point return for their value their monetary value and so so if you can save two dollars and then throw it onto your defense i mean that is a massive upgrade in total points what if the answer though is neither because i'm looking at hazard's 27 total points yeah that's a little more than two points per pound right i'm looking elsewhere on the chelsea squad david louise and i know the positions are different sure david louise has you know almost three points per pound. Antonio Rudiger is at three points per pound. Alonso's between six and seven points per pound. Keppa, 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 whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't even know. He's at nearly three points per pound. We'll have to get to that because his last name is even more fun. Jorginho (laughs) is in the same position as Hazard, and he's at three points per pound. All these guys are are scoring more points per pound. Sure. Sure. Than Eden Hazard. Well, the, so you you have to be saying that on the basis of what you think Hazard is going to do. Well, there's no doubt, and we've talked about this part of which part which, of doing what we do is trying to predict the future. And we can talk more extensively about this when we get to Liverpool because I have a ton to ask about Salah whenever we get so, there. Anyways, in my opinion, and I currently own three Chelsea players. Why not own three Chelsea players? In a system that right now is like they're kind of like listen. I was the biggest skeptic. To be start the season, so I. But now I'm like, why not? Look at their scores. Look at the style that they're playing. They Alonso was valid with no clean sheets. Imagine what's going to happen when he gets a clean sheet or two, right? Like, yeah. it, it's well, that's just, what that's what pushed him up in the first. I mean, in the first match, in addition to getting an assist, that's I mean, right. The clean sheet against Huddersfield definitely. But helped. he's also getting bonus points as well. Um, what I've seen, and so what? What the 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 one caution that anyone is throwing it because that's this is a this is a fantasy premier league itself uh discussion with fantasy premier league selected experts uh of whether or not this is is it worth the surgery assuming most people need to do that to be able to include him in their midfield which i i dare say that's kind of a weird question to ask considering still over 50 percent of people own salah doesn't seem like all that much surgery that is bad for you to have to remove a weird growth. Yeah, sure. A mole, a large mole. Is that a hair joke on Mo Salah? No. Okay. Uh, the point is that the <laughs> fantasy Premier League experts that are looking at this are all hesitant, oddly. I find that odd for myself. On the basis of his historical inconsistency. Whose? Hazards. Okay. And the fact that in this match, five minutes from a blank. That, right. is the re- that is the phrase repeated often about this past week with Eden Hazard. I think that's silly. You could say the exact same thing about Marcus Alonso here, who 
probably should have gotten his second yellow card when he when True. he stopped Adam Smith from taking a throw in in the second half. Already on a yellow and runs into him on purpose to prevent him from taking a quick throw in. It was overlooked. I think the ref swallowed the whistle a few times here on oh, che- on hard Chelsea fouls that did not get called. One of them on David Luiz. One of them on Giroud throwing Diego Rico to the to the ground towards the end of the match, and on that one, that was yeah. another. It was three. I felt like fairly significant moments where yeah. they did not get a call. So, all of that to say, I've been the like I said this summer of all the players that are on Chelsea that I would want Hazard is it. I think his performance in the World Cup made him seem like this guy is as long as he stays, he stays with Chelsea. This guy's going to run in and be a monster. And, and, he, and, and so far, he's been pretty close to that. And he's been happy, right? And he's super he's happy. happy. He's so happy that he said that he was disappointed to be going to play for the national team over the break. He wanted to stay and play with the guys at Chelsea. Wow. Yeah. Hey, so happy. Real quick, and, and we're moving to Bournemouth. Another reason why I'm not too worried about Pedro at the moment, if there continues to be a pedro William issue, mm-hmm. Pedro to Richarlison, when Richarlison will be off of his mm-hmm. uh, red card suspension. Sure. Is a very easy swap. Okay. Yeah. Um, a player who will be in the dif- differential article that we have coming up, Diego Rico, who I just talked about getting thrown down to the ground. One, Bournemouth schedule. Uh, now is the time for Bournemouth. Uh, really great schedule coming up. Diego Rico comes in, just like we said, what kind of I think a lot of people were expecting, in for Charlie Daniels, who picked up a... A mystery injury. Mysteri- mysterious injury. Listen, Diego Rico won out of position. He was playing in the midfield. Right. So he's playing on the left in the 3-4-3, which was a change of position for them in this match against against Chelsea. Three key passes and two big chances created in his first appearance. Two of those, those two big chances, one was to Callum Wilson in the first half where he put it right at his feet, feet away from the front of the net, and Callum <laughs> Wilson put it over the top. The second one was on a corner that he put on a plate for Nathan Ake that Nathan Ake also skied somehow, did not put it into the net. Bournemouth had, I thought, the two best chances before anyone scored a goal in this match. And both of them were supplied by Diego Rico. So three accurate crosses in the game. His first appearance, three accurate crosses. It's the same number that Eden Hazard has so far. It's the same number that Ryan Frazier on his same team has. Four and a half pounds. And owned by no one because he was suspended for the first three matches of the yeah, season. Good call. Unbelievable first match and a tough matchup for Diego Rico. I know it was worth two points. However, really, really nice performance from Diego Rico. Scott, what about Callum Wilson? First match down, 8 6, 8 2. If you own him, you're not bailing. Should have had go. Should have had goal. Do you understand? <laughs> he should have had goal easily. Should have finished Rico pass for goal. I mean, I've got a Benteke award later in the pod. I mean, it sounds like you're trying to make a case to give it to him here, Brian. No, no boy, Benteke could get the Benteke award <laughs> this week. But That's I, every week. No, I feel so bad. I feel so bad for him. He should have scored two. Oh, you stop oh, it right now. He gosh. sucks. No, he does not. He's so good. <laughs> Whatever. Leicester one, Liverpool two. Liverpool finally gave up a goal in the most Liverpudlian way possible. Mane and Firmino though scored the goals to give the Reds the victory. I have to say, even though Liverpool won, the story of this match is all about Allison. Yeah. 
I mean, it was he, stupid uh, what Allison, he did Allison to lead to Carriest. that Hazal goal. Yeah. Hey, you want a great preseason stat that means nothing now? Uh-huh. In a segment we like to call Great Preseason Stat That Means Nothing Now, mm-hmm. <laughs> Allison made zero mistakes that led to goals last season with Roma. One of the things I'm sure Liverpool fans were very excited about in his comprehensive statistics as he was coming in. Even more so when he showboated for, for Liverpool. Even more so last week when he showboated against Brighton. Exactly. He yes. got, you know, taste of his own medicine this week. Obviously, you know, he woke up to how you know, the physicality of the Premier League meets the, you know, skill set of Premier League players. Ian Nacho, you know, winning the ball away from him. Honestly, it was he gets nothing for forcing that error. Yeah, it's sad. Man, you know how upset I was with him costing me a clean sheet? It affected a lot of Liverpool I scores. I two Liverpool defenders. Yeah, it affected scores. Robertson still shows up with a five, but other than that, you got ones and twos across mm. the back line. And well, Robertson almost, almost had some bonus points. He was, he was honorable close. mention there. All right, let's just, let's just address the number one thing here. Mo Salah subbed out. Puts up two fantasy points while Sadio Mane just adds to his impressive scoreline so far. 16, 10, 3, and then 10 in this match. So can we do this in uh, in conjunction with the strategy that some people are, are talking about right now, which is finding a way to get out, not entirely necessarily, but out of Liverpool assets for their hell run which is that's, crazy that's coming talk. up? Hey, look, man. You got to listen. Their next matches, only Southampton on the 22nd is a plus matchup as things go. Not to mention the Champions League matches start on the 18th. So, A, we saw it now. Salah plays 70 minutes and wrote subbed off here. B, did I say A first, I believe? (laughs) B, you can see the crappy goal here in an unexpected way. So this is the first. So Liverpool clean sheet. You know, you kind of see the potential for mistakes, and they're now going into tougher matchups. Tougher matchups. What am I doing to you right now? You're poo pooing this. Like, is this poo-pooing. is an absolutely insane thing to say. Finish your thought, and I'm going to counter it. So <laughs> what I'm saying is, at the very least, Andy Robertson, Trent Alexander Arnold. And Allison, uh, already you just, I'd say the percentage chance of clean sheet here has diminished significantly over the next five weeks for sure. Are you counting on attacking returns every single week from Andy Robertson? Yes, <laughs> I am. You really are? Yeah. Okay. So, so Scott, go ahead. And then, and then I'll go, I have something to say. I, I've made no secret on this pod to the fact that I'm a Liverpool fan. Yes. As a Liverpool fan, in hindsight, like, did I love the goal when we gave it up? Did I love the fact that it made the end of that match really tight? No. But in hindsight, with a few days now separated between that match and me sitting here today, I can honestly say that I am perfectly okay with the way that that goal went in. Okay. It does not question, it does not make me question Liverpool or Liverpool's defense for their upcoming matches. If anything... It took the narrative away from Liverpool's perfect start. Liverpool hasn't given up a goal at all. All of this media attention would be built on Liverpool's perfect start for the next two weeks during the national break. And now what are we talking about instead? Honestly, you would never know Liverpool won this match based on the way that this match is being reported. 
It's all about how Allison screwed up and Liverpool gave up a goal. Guess what? That puts a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, and when you are on top of the table the way Liverpool is, if you can find a little bit of something to put a chip on your shoulder going into hard matches coming up to where you can convince yourself that you might even be an underdog in those matches, or at the very least, that, that you've got to fight for something as opposed to being the big... Yeah. I the big dog? Went, yeah, the big dog. Uh, I, almost went, I almost went there. In, in that match, like that puts you in a better frame of mind to go out and, and go after it. As a Liverpool fan, I'm happy that the narrative is we screwed up that goal because it's only going to make us better and more humble and ready to fight more as we go and not and not hot shots as we go into the uh, this upcoming tough stretch of matches. Not that this is a Champions League podcast. You know what else? If I'm a Liverpool player, what I'd have a chip on my shoulder, Brian, is the fact that the Champions League mm-hmm. draw came out and everyone's talking about all the favorites and the team who played and was a was a curious screw-up away from winning the Champions League last year, no one's talking about. All that team did, and I'm not a Liverpool fan, but all Liverpool did was get better, and all they did was address their issues, and no one's talking about them in the Champions League. This is not a Champions League podcast. Back to Liverpool. Trent Alexander-Arnold. I Up until this week, I owned two Liverpool defenders. I owned Trent Alexander-Arnold, Andy Robertson. I got rid of Trent Alexander-Arnold with this wild card. I didn't want to go into this stretch owning two defenders. I, Robertson produces bonus points and scoring threats that, that no one else in the defense tends to put forward. I feel with most confidence, and obviously we'll find out in a few weeks if I'm right or wrong, that I am not worried about Robertson. Okay. Don't look now, but Joe Gomez is the top scoring center back on Liverpool. Barely, but Joe, yes. Joe, Joe Gomez. Gomez at a 5-0 is a good look. My opinion is... I wouldn't add him right now because scoring he's gotten those points from a lot from from clean sheets. Mm-hmm. But after this stretch, after September, man, if Gomez right. is still well, that's, still, and that's exactly it. This is a, that that's exactly the strategy is after this run sure. of terrible matches for Liverpool on paper. I I'm just saying if it's not for Joe Gomez with an unbelievable block on on Madison uh, in the second half, it's an actual goal scored here uh, by Madison against Liverpool. I'm just saying, like, I guess already the transfers out are showing that people are any. This is the most by far. So up until this point, anyone who's had Salah has stuck with him by and large. Right, and and I've been looking now. At- he's in the hundreds of thousand. Like he's in over a hundred thousand transfers out. So this is this is the first significant. It's the first time he's had more out than in. It's his first two, after three solid performances. I think he was upset about not winning a, an award at the Champions League draw. Yeah, <laughs> I, it might have had something to do with Ramos's gentle touch to the it, shoulder. That it he could had. be. It <laughs> could be uh, the. It could be. It could be the pressure of being the top-scoring, record-setting midfielder from last season it could having be. a little bit of pressure on him it's a really that good he did point, not Brian. have last season as a first-time goal scorer for, in that way. Roberto Firmino needs mention. 5-2, yep. 5-7, a solid, solid start. Three decent performances. Nothing spectacular, but you would take that as a Firmino owner at this point. Yeah, Especially sure. because... There aren't a lot of forwards who are blazing a trail through the start of the season in a consistent way like he is. Some have higher point totals, but they're getting it from one or two matches. Mm-hmm. He's put together three solid performances. Dave, 
Last thing about Salah here. One, I can't believe that you have a shot at being right this season as you were wrong last season about not having Salah. Well, come on, guys. I know it's a long season, but I can't believe you have a shot at it. What's, what's more likely as we sit here right now through four matches of the season? What is more likely to happen? That Salah's form drops off and he's a disappointment? Or that he goes on a tear and ends up being one of the top scoring midfielders, well, if not the top scoring midfielder again in Premier League? So, Which is more likely? Well, that's what I was going to say. So right now, it's weird to me that we're, we're talking about him like he's underperforming. And this is to Dave's point, that this is only about money that's right everything to do with money it is he's second in total in total shots only aguero has more total shots than he does right aguero's taking five a game asala is averaging 4.8 shots per game so far fingers crossed he's only tied for third in big chances missed so he's had four big chances that he's missed right already so far this season he's third most in shots on target with seven Mitrovic is leads the way with nine. He has two goals and an assist at this same point last season. So this season he's got two goals and two assists. He's already on. He's on pace for better than he was at this point last season. Right. Not to mention, like we said last week, he's he is now tied for the lead with David Silva with thir- for thirteen key passes. Again, I still say that's the, one of the weirdest things for him in bonus points. I, what I'm saying, like. This is underperforming for him. This is what seems like underperforming for him. It's not. It's it's so the question that the question that uh James Eggersdorf, who's on Fantasy Football Scout and some other places, he he put the on pace, he gave the on pace stats for Mane versus Salah. And right now, Mane's pace is to finish the season at three hundred and seventy two points. Obviously, that would destroy sure, any, Salah's record from last season, which destroyed the previous record. So Salah's on pace for a two, 258. Scott, you did the math on this last week, too, and what he would what he would end with if he stayed at the average of it's 8, 9, and 8. Over for the 300 rest of the points. So right now, he's on with this drop, and it's 258. So a 15% underperformance, as the statistic was given. So that is the question. One, it's not terrible if he finishes with two fifty eight, and two, that's when I don't think it'd be unexpected after the season he had last season, and he dips a little bit. I guess what I'm saying is, so one hundred and forty five thousand people have transferred Salah out. One hundred forty eight. One hundred forty eight thousand have transferred Salah out, and over one hundred fifty thousand have transferred Mane in. Hmm. So correlation mane mane is going to be ten dollars probably before 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 the end of this international break that's correct one one of the premises that we said to start the year at least i said that you said that it's got you you said this as well Mm -hmm. salah's ownership started at like 54 percent yeah over 50 percent at 13 dollars how many more people were going to add him enough? Because here's the deal. It's not the transfer outs and transfer ins. It is, but it's also compared to the ownership. So it's a percentage. That's why Salah's price hasn't dropped yet. Because even though 100, almost 150,000 have transferred him out, because percentage-wise, ownership-wise, that hasn't moved enough for the price to drop. Right. But I'm telling you right now, it's not far from it. Right. Sure. And so that was always the thought was 
man, are people going to finally figure out that maybe they can spend that money in other places? Because he's, it's, Salah has been playing as good, arguably, as anyone in the league. I want that to be clear. I've said that from the beginning. Mm-hmm. But my issue was, what will it take for him to warrant the $13? And that's above and beyond his already good pace. Because you can get that from other people at a lower price. Anyway, so it is interesting. Last year, I just thought he wasn't good, in fairness. And right. it was egg on my face. I couldn't have been more wrong. I guess, so I'm not selling him. I'm not, like, not now. You anyway. own both. You I own Salah I and own Mane. Salah and Mane. We talked about that. I did not, I did not transfer Salah out. I, I plan on not wildcarding now over this break. I decide to keep both. Uh, as of now, right. But I guess I guess the question is: so Scott, for you, who is going to keep him? Correct. Yeah, it's not an issue for you for price, even though he's on the same number of points as Eden Hazard, which is the point. Which is which you just said this very podcast. I mean, I see how he has started this season very comparable to last season, mm-hmm. and I see a very high ceiling moving forward. Is it? Do you, do you think the same with Hazard though? Do you is feel it, like his ceiling is, is is as high or close? Brian's not wrong. Hazard is more historically. We have more history to draw on from Hazard than we do from Salah. That's true. And so I can say with more confidence that I think Hazard's going to be more streaky than Salah would be. But I'm basing it off less history with Salah. So uh, you know, I'm more confident saying that about Hazard. So I mean. In the end, is Hazard going to be worth it? Almost certainly. Almost certainly. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, that doesn't make me want to go from solid to Hazard. I like Salah's ceiling better. But I like... I, honestly, I think Liverpool has a higher ceiling as a club than Chelsea does right now. Sure. As a club. No, no, that's fine. But And star is, midfielder, it's the same way. How many, how many weeks, if they're scoring the same amount, will when one guy is $2.50 cheaper... How many more weeks will it take of them staying on par with each other before a change is made? For me, the answer is going to be something like February. February? Yeah. Well, why would that 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 doesn't make any type of sense? Why? Why? What I what I was going to say it this way: the 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 thing that I think the, the mirage here and the thing that is is being uh, hung over many people's heads as as owners is transferring Salah out makes it exceptionally difficult to get him back in. Or not having him makes it exceptionally difficult to get him because of his price. Is that is that just a, a, a is that just you know chasing a chasing a shadow? You know what I mean? Like I mean, is that too much of a is that too much of a threat to hang over people's head to say he's thirteen dollars, even if Mane gets to ten or ten and a half it's still two and a half dollars. Where are yeah. you going to get that money in the event that you wanted to get Salah? If it was true before the season started, it is even more true now. That 13-pound price point that FPL gave Mo Salah is the storyline of the season. It just is. More so now because and, it's and, gotten mysterious, and right? And keeping him as a midfielder. Right. Not making him a, a striker. True. I feel like that is also a big factor. Fascinating stuff. I mean, I think our debate's been excellent about it, and I think everyone is having to consider, 
If you do have him at this point, you're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. If you don't have him, you're probably not thinking about it so much. Maybe you're feeling okay right now. But I'm telling you, wait till that first brace comes in, and then the debate will rage on. It will be the ongoing story of the season. There was another team in this match, Leicester City. What's what? to see here? Well, lots. A lot. I, I agree. think lots, too. Their schedule is fantastic, yes. right? Going forward, their schedule is amazing. Mm-hmm. Interesting to me, I know it won't be for long, Damari Gray started off as striker. Now, hmm. Vardy is coming back. Yes, next match. Next match. So that will go back to normal. But Leicester played Liverpool very tough. In the second half. They, right. Yeah. But, I mean, it was – look, Liverpool can make teams look really silly. And, and Leicester to their Salah credit, should have scored – Yes. Oh, goal. There's no doubt. Absolutely should early. have scored. Yeah. Early yes. in this match. Should early have scored match. first. And if he puts that in, who knows what happens after that, right? I mean, things could change That's after the, that. It's I so know. crazy how things yeah. turn on one I mean, Anyway, back to Leicester. So Leicester, yeah, So, but their, their defenders are interesting to me, right? We've already mentioned yes. Ricardo Pereira. A couple should, matches down. Yep. 4-12, 2-1. If you just look at their points right now, but we're into the pr- trying to predict the future business. Mm-hmm. And so if you look at their, their last few points and their matches and you weren't watching the games, you're not going to get as much from, from just looking at their scores from the last couple games That's right. if you're not watching the matches. Bottom line is Harry Maguire, Ben Chilwell, Ricardo Pereira. Brian, tell me a little bit more about them. Well, no, I just think that's that's the big thing that already you know we mentioned it before. Pereira's Pereira's ownership is up to five point two percent. That's up significantly from where he was even a few weeks ago. I'm just happy we called that before the season started. <laughs> He's up a lot. Great uh, call. Chilwell has not budged. He's still at point seven percent, which is to me, it, I, I feel like well, that's ex- I feel like that's extremely low. I know the I know the results and his exactly his points are not warranting exactly everyone right. get, going to get him, but. First, what I like about Chilwell, his touches. So Mark Albrighton's play, playing in front of him. Hazal is playing in front of Pereira. Chilwell's touches are almost the same as Albrighton's, despite the fact that Albrighton's playing in front of him. So uh, Pereira had just one touch inside the 18-yard box. He was overshadowed a little bit by Hazal, who had four touches and not, and he scored. You know, he scored in his shot. Chowell's are almost exactly the same. He had about the same. I think he finished with four or five touches inside In the, the box. 18-yard box. He had four four dribbles and seven crosses, which both of those led the team. Chowell is still, I think, I, I mean, they're obvious, they are obviously choosing to go down Chowell's side mm-hmm. for attack much more frequently than they are Pereira's side. 23 total crosses for Chilwell so far this season, which is the sixth highest total of anyone in the Premier League. So, again, I am not predicting. I don't. There is no predicting clean sheets this season. There is not. But when they have a very favorable, I would say an overall very favorable run of matches until the first week of December, really just at Arsenal on October 22nd, that you would look at as. A potentially, you know, as a red-rated matchup as far as the Premier League is, as fantasy Premier League is concerned, this is a nice run here. Hey, Jamie Vardy is three point one percent owned, yeah, and he's at eight point nine. He's dropped. Th- this is the lowest he'll be. Eight point nine. If you want to get on the Jamie Vardy train, is one is the lowest that he will be. And this, and so it's something we've said too, like 
a guy that you know you could look at other teams and there might be players who put in a lot of crosses or who are really active as far as attack goes but the question is always who are they passing to where are those passes going to this this is not Ben Chilwell kicking to nobody this is Ben Chilwell kicking to you know n- now some uh, quality attacking players this is not this is not bad and so you know i'd say an increased opportunity for them to get clean sheets and his attacking form at this point in the season has been really excellent. The only other player to score significant points besides the goal scorer was James Madison, Yep, who has looked good since week one, even if the fantasy points yep. haven't reflected that. FPL knew what they were doing, making him the highest-priced midfielder by far on this Leicester team. He led the team with five shots this match. Three key passes for him. Same thing. Four penalty area touches for, for Madison, which is the same number, by the way, that... Uh, actually, no, sorry. It's double the number of penalty area touches that Sadio Mane had. I know it's not one-to-one correlation here as far as player, but you're not selling Mane to get James Madison. What I'm saying is James Madison is is playing way up there. And lucky to get the assist, I think, because Iannaccio earned it. It was one gentle touch from yeah. James Madison to to tap it over there to Gazal, who scored. But yeah, thanks, either James way. Madison. Uh, and Damari Gray, too. I think it's I I I don't hate any of these choices. Not one of these choices. I'm not, I think, for I'm not buying City. them yet, but I'm I'm really keeping an eye on them. If I use my wild card after the international break, I will probably bring in Pereira and Vardy from this mm-hmm. team into my lineup. Yeah, I want to give out a fantasy half point to Thomas Gronemark. Who? Thomas Gronemark. You know, Gronemark. 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 Now I don't know when this story was published but i just came across this weekend a bbc article about thomas Gronemark. he is pr- at least self-proclaimed the first throw-in coach in world football that's a thing that's a thing because he is that thing for look for liverpool yes liverpool yes i shared that article with you dave yeah i'm uh, trying to act like i'm i don't know this <laughs> but you gave away that you do now no he came. He was hired by Klopp to help teach Liverpool players how to better throw their throw-ins. Don't you learn this at the most elementary level? You would at think, like six years old. Well, you know what's interesting though. You know how like every team is looking for an edge, right? You're looking for an edge somewhere, and this is one place where, yeah, some like Andy Gray, I think it was, uh, it was was one pundit who was like, "What is there to coach?" You grab the ball with both hands, you put it, your hands over your head, you make sure both feet are on the floor, and you go and you throw the ball into the, you know, onto the pitch. But Gronemark would say, no, there's more science to it than that. And he's come up with a bunch of different areas of how you can improve on throw-ins. And already it has shown in how Joe Gomez has performed and the chances that he's been creating through throw-ins. All that to say... That might be an edge. This is something where, you know, hey, maybe Klopp's ahead of things. Maybe it's silly. Gronemark's done it with other clubs too, Danish clubs, the Bundesliga in Germany, now in this offseason with Liverpool. But, you know, he was in the news, and so uh, I want to give my fantasy half point to him, the first throw-in coach in world football. Congratulations. Hey, you know who doesn't have a throw-in coach? Uh, Benjamin Mendy. Any of us. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah, Mendy does not. That's true. Or Iran. Remember that throw-in? Oh, yeah. Snafu oh, during yeah. the World Cup? Before we move on to our next match, it's time to hear a word from this week's sponsor. Yes. There's a place Hello. I'm Thomas Gronemark, first throw-in coach of world football. I spend most of my time talking about throw-ins. 
So I'm excited to take a minute to talk about today's sponsor, the UK Plastics Pact, and what we need to throw out plastic materials. I see what you did there. The UK Plastics Pact is a trailblazing collaborative initiative that will create a circular economy for plastics. It brings together businesses from across the entire plastics value chain with UK governments and NGOs to tackle the scourge of plastic waste. Yes. By 2025, the UK Plastics Pact will transform the UK plastic packaging sector by meeting four world-leading targets, which include eliminating single-use plastic packaging. To learn more, go to wrap.co.uk and search for the UK Plastics Pact. Again, that's wrap.co.uk, W-R-A-P, and search for UK Plastics Pact. In my family, we make all of our straws out of paper. Nice. Manchester City 2, Newcastle 1. Raheem Sterling and Kyle Walker providing the goals for the winners. DeAndre Yedlin, God bless America, scoring for the Magpies. Surprise! Look. No Bernardo Silva! Or Leroy Sané anywhere in the 18. That guy Surprise! is radioactive. Well, no look, one! Look, Gabriel Jesus has given us all the, all the warning that we need. Pep Guardiola himself, I think, also has kind of done that too, that Jesus, you know, kind of said, "I don't." He doesn't want what happened to Sane to happen to him. It's on everyone to be ready, and and you know, it's that's a it's a bit, bold words. It is that is very that is very true. Uh, also, Pep Guardiola saying that uh, we have six strikers. We have six functionally. Six, he's six right. strikers, and we have we have wingers who can play at multiple positions. Like, I mean, this is. I feel like it's not. I don't think we should be. We shouldn't say anything about surprise. No, th- there's no surprise. I like it when you yell surprise. Sure. But well, it- in fairness, Bernardo Silva. Up to this point, Pep said, "Hey, I have uh, ten guys in Bernardo Silva." Right. So yeah. up until this point, Bernardo Silva. I think most of the four games has started. Maybe one he didn't, but at least three of the four he started. Yeah, but if you were to Gundogan buy, had started every game up till this game. Sure. So so both of those were surprises. Oh. And Gundogan, we even talked last week, finally gave you some fantasy relevance. That's right. But if you were to purchase Bernardo Silva after Silva after his eight in game week one. In hindsight, we would call that an overreaction. Two, two, and one cents. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing no, in not, terms of fantasy. And, and not really very close to producing anything either. I mean, he's had a couple moments, and then to sub on here, I was really hoping he did not, like I'm sure many people did, because that would have gotten me my Danny Ings bench points coming in sure. this past weekend. Yeah. Oh, that hurts. Um, no, Pep said, you know, for even for Sané, you know, he in the next games, he will be ready to play. He played 10 minutes against Wolves. He tried... He was not precise, but he tried. Look, man. They convince me. I am satisfied from the moment they run. Mistakes without the ball, taking decisions, it's part of the process. I think that's true for every single one of these people, and I don't I don't think anyone is... There can't be anyone immune except for one, and he's hurt. I don't want anyone in the Manchester City midfield. And I get it. Like, only... On predictability, I don't know when they're going to play. Yeah, like, I, I'm a, I own Aguero, and I'm nervous every week. Is if is he going to start or not? Yeah, especially if I have him captained, I definitely am paying attention to who my vice captain is. Right, mm-hmm. I am, and and the only person I'm I'm confident about is Ederson, 
and City can't get their act together, and I'm not getting clean sheet po- clean sheet points from him, which no. is frustrating. Yeah, right? the only consistent player on Manchester City so far this season has been Benjamin Mendy. Yeah. That's true. I transferred him in after two weeks, and I'm glad I did, even though his point totals have dropped off a little bit. His sc- total scores have been 15, 8, 4, and 5. Mm-hmm. I'll take that consistency for my defender. Sure. I went to Mendy instead of Alonzo. In hindsight, that was a bit of a mistake. Uh, but you know what? Who can blame you there, though, when you did it? Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I'll fault you there. They both had about the same number of points at that point after two weeks. Uh, and, and, and I like Mendy's chances of getting a clean sheet better than Alonzo. That's right. That's exactly right. I, I don't regret getting Mendy. You know, just obviously look at Alonzo and you wonder well, what if. Maybe this is the time when we can say last season, through the first four weeks of the season last season, 29 teams kept a clean sheet. There were eight teams in week one and then seven teams in each of weeks two through four who okay. kept a clean sheet. So far this season, 20 teams have kept a clean sheet. So it was the same, eight teams in week one, but only four each in weeks two through four. So obviously it's, I mean, you know, so far it's a bit more unpredictable. But also Manchester United was one of those teams that was kind of rolling people early on, was getting clean sheet after clean sheet. That kind of maintained through the entire season. And... They've already. They've only got one. Yeah, only one so far. Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool looked like they were never going to give up a goal <laughs> at all, and they did. And and the whole point of That's Manchester okay. City and buying a lot of these players, especially the defensive players, and Ederson was look at this schedule. Yeah, this schedule is great. And what do they do? They give up a goal at home to Huddersfield. Yeah, they give up a goal at home. DeAndre Hedlund. Like, that's it. This is not like it was a nice goal. Yes. Great run from, you know, who knows where. I mean, it was, it was he, outstanding. He ran from, mid, from midfield, and Jay Zeus realized that he had, was it Jay Zeus? It, yes. And he couldn't catch him. Yeah. Because no one's going to catch DeAndre when, Yedlin when he's running like not that. Not when no. he's at full speed. No. 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 Yedlin turned the Jets on and he was gone. No, this is, I mean, the only thing that's, I mean, I, I think lots of people are disappointed with getting an assist only from Sergio Aguero. I mean, I'm sure there were plenty. Hey, I was of, glad to get something. Well, for sure. Look, I mean, a lot of some, people captained. Some, any, everyone captained him that had him, I think. Look, we said on the pod last week, what did he do in January, Scott, when he played Newcastle? Was it a hat trick? He got yes, a hat trick. Yes, it was a hat trick. And so, look, he lo- seemed obvious at home, Newcastle, the obvious captain this week. And look, so you were okay with a return. Scott, before we move on, on this pod, we often call each other out on things that we do and or don't do. And I want to question you on you owning Sané. Wow. You have stuck with Sané, mm-hmm. and you bought him in a 9.5. Yeah. He is down now to a 9.2. Mm-hmm. You have lost a lot of value on that player. Sure. Why do you still own him? I've had other places to, uh, to shore up my squad. I know, but losing that value, you can't just get that back overnight. I mean, when I sell him or transfer him out for a 6.5 midfielder who's scoring points, I'm not going to be that upset. Right. No, I get it. But, and again, this this is just leading into what I want to discuss in a little bit is is trying to maximize value and paying attention to the transfer market. Sure. And then trying to decipher what's an overreaction or a reaction. One of the things that's great about our podcast yeah. 
is that we are learning as we go. No, there's no doubt. Every year we are better at this than the previous year. Correct. We learn more about the nuances of how this works. You know, we're still trying to be relevant to the newcomer to FPL, right? You know, and and we're also trying to be relevant to just Premier League fans in general by talking about these matches. But we're also learning more and getting more in depth into important statistics that show up in bonus points. In, in what you're referencing is, you know, by the way, I told you I was going to uh, break down your, your argument intellectually. I can't do that. It's, it's a good argument. All right. So I want to give you credit. I don't often do that. Do Fair. that. Fair. Uh, Oftentimes, <laughs> most times I don't deserve any. <laughs> but this is, even in a compliment, I backhanded, slapped you. I'm sorry. It's, um, it's quite all right. It's a valid argument. And yet, I have never been one to care about the total value of my squad. I right. never have been. And, and in fairness, I haven't much either. Mm-hmm. But something, for whatever reason, I don't know why, it, it, it really is starting to weigh on me. And yeah. uh, I'm going to save it for the middle of the next match. Well, that, but I think it's going to be the grand experiment of this season. Right? I mean, now that we're talking about this, people who are following our podcast yeah. and using it to play Fantasy Premier League, you know, if they're going to follow you, you know, we'll see how this ends up. Sure. For me... I know enough about every player on every team because I do this podcast and because, more importantly, not just because of the podcast, more importantly, because I watch the matches. Right. I, I'm not worried. I'm going to find somebody. Right. No matter what his price drops to. Now, I have only kept Sané because Richarlison. Right. I had to get rid of Richarlison. Sure. James Tompkins not playing. He's in my defense. I need to get rid of him. Quite honestly, it's time for me to play my wild card. You know, I I, I made some decisions to start the season. A lot of them haven't panned out. It's I mean, been a we very all, we all did that. Yeah, sure. And, you know, it's been a very average start to the season for me. Yeah. If I play my wild card, I feel like I'm going to be fine. You know, put a Danny Ings up front who's in form right now for Southampton. As long as he doesn't get a blister. <laughs> he he kicked <laughs> through his blister this he week. He did. They somehow found a Band-Aid to put over his blister, and he played. Listen, he's able to poke it in with his toe. It didn't matter if he had a blister or not. I mean, the guy is is, is in a good place. My point, though, is yeah, sure. you can easily move down and then let some of those guys build their value up to where you can make up that money somewhere else so that if I ever do want to go back up to a Leroy Sané, I can do that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Plus... Here's the main reason why I'm not worried about overall value. I'm a Sala owner. If I ever need to worry about overall value, I will go away from Sala to somebody else and give myself all those pounds back to help short my squad elsewhere. Like, do I want to do that? No. I'm holding on to that. That is an ace up my sleeve gotcha. at this point. Okay. But I'm not worried. So that's why I'm not worried about overall value. Okay. You know, I'll go down from a Sané to a James Madison if I have to, if I think he's going to score points more so than Sané. Yep. Yes, Sané has been a bust. I thought he might be that guy that even coming off the bench, which he did one week out of the four, he came off the bench and showed something off the bench and gave me some fantasy points. I thought maybe he could keep doing that even if he wasn't starting. Now he's not even in the squad. Right. Obviously, it's time to go. Yeah. And, and honestly, I, you know, I would have gone away from him to Mane, and this is well documented on our uh, new Instagram account, by the way. Right, right, right. Why I didn't go from Sané to Mane. I thought I could make my squad better elsewhere. Yeah. You know, jury's out as to whether or not that was actually the right move to make, but it's documented as to why I did it, and I stand by those decisions at those times. 
But yeah, no, I will not own him for very much longer. Yeah. And the in part two of this pod, I'm gonna address the fantasy economics. Sounds of, good. Of what my, my theory is. I'm forming my theory every week. Well, we're gonna get to Arsenal. We're gonna get to Manchester United. We've got a how to say with Brian J. Yeah. We've got a Christian Benteke Wasteful Player of the Week award to give out. Part two is loaded, so I hope people will I, listen to part two. I can't two. believe we're going to get a, an economics lesson from David Adam Smith. Oh, man. You're uh, gonna... Of all the people on our pod, though, to give an economics lesson, Dave was not the most likely co-host to do it. Fact. Uh, this might not be good. Although I did develop the points per pound. That's valid. You did. And that's the one form of value that I'll buy into. Fair enough. Hey, for the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast, this is David Smith. Till next time.